This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. So glad to be joined on this murky, murky day by two-time Stanley Cup champion. He likes this weather. It's like Wisconsin hockey weather. Two-time Stanley Cup champion should be in the North Dakota Hall of Fame. Don't understand why. He's our favorite defenseman, Craig Ludwig. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I got the IT department on things this morning, so computer's up and running, um, it sounds like. Unfortunately, it's working, so we got to do this, but uh, everything, everything looks good. All right, that's good. That's uh, yeah. That's good. Man, I wanted to have some fun today. I mean, stars play. As we record this tonight in Detroit, so we'll get to some stars in a second. But man, there's just so much NHL news, and I started taking notes throughout the weekend, and I'm like, I'm going to ask Craig about this. I'm going to ask Craig about this. I'm going to ask Craig about this. So I'm oh, going. Let me see. We're going to go Patrick Waugh. Yep. Good move. We're yep. going to go Corey Perry. Good move. Yep. Um, are we done? That's going to do it for Spits and Suds today. Okay, I'm Gavin. Well, thank Sp- you. That was awesome. <laughs> I got a couple others. <laughs> do you want to talk stars Tennis? first? <laughs> we could talk stars first, or do you want to go NHL first? You go where you want to go. Okay. All right. So, Terry Ryan, uh, 47 years old, gets a call. He's sitting at the local pub in Nova Scotia, thought it was a prank because it was his birthday, and they said, we need another player to play for the ECHL Nova Scotia Growlers. And turns out he suits up the next day in front of his family and plays, drops the mitts at one point. Um, just a pretty cool story. And I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. And I also wanted to know, is it ever in the back of your mind, if I had to, you know, would you want to, go one more time just for a game? It's in the back of my mind every single day I wake up until I get to the rink and play in a men's league game or something like that, and then it leaves my mind really quick. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, you <clears throat> you keep saying, well, I, I mean, the game the way it is today would never – I would have never played in the league, you know, only because it's such a fast game and – you know, and the skill and all that kind of stuff. But, but there are times when you kind of go, uh, um, that's not the way you're supposed to play that. And I like to see a little more physicality here and there. And there's things that you go, 
I would defend that completely differently. And I don't think that pass would have gotten across, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, but then reality sets in when you go to a game and, you know, and I, I've said this a lot. Um, I, I have a hard time going up and sitting in a suite with the guys and being able to leave the game and go, I'm like, what the hell happened tonight? <clears throat> you know, because it's so fast and you, you literally have to sit there and pay attention. Uh, you know, if you, but again, we're not there for that. Not like we're scouting or anything like that, but <clears throat> you know, so it's just in reality sets in and, you know, and again, I, you know, with our guys all the time at practices every day, you know, I jump into drills and, you know, I find my, I, I, I backed up a lot as a defenseman into my own zone by the goaltender <laughs> when I was, in, when I was in shape and I was younger. Now I got my arm around the goalie as they're coming through the neutral zone. So, you know, yeah, it, it, I mean, there, there may have been that thought, you know, 15 years ago, but, um, but no, not anymore. Okay. Pretty cool story though. Um, sitting at the pub and then getting a call and then knowing he has to suit up the next day. Um, in in front of his family, uh, I you know just hearing him tell that was uh, really really cool, and especially on that island where the growlers mean something. I'm not saying that the Allen Americans of the ECHL, you know, same league, don't mean something. They have a great following in Allen and here in North Texas, but you know, for that island that has produced some terrific NHLers. Um, you know, around that area, uh, PEI, Prince Edward Island with Brad, uh, Brad Richards and Steve Ott was from there. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, they're from the islands as well. So, uh, just a lot of history in Nova Scotia. Just to thought it was a, a real cool story. So I, I said, hmm, I, I wonder if Craig would enjoy suiting up, uh, one more time, but he does it in a, alumni games. Okay. So you mentioned, Patrick Waugh, and you played with Patrick Waugh, and that is my second question. Does Craig believe in the coach bump? That's one of the questions. And second, what is your relationship with your former netminder? Uh, first one first. Uh, do I believe in it? Yes. <clears throat> it's been proven over and over that, yeah. you know, I mean, more often than not, when, when there's a new voice and a new guy standing behind the bench <clears throat> and, you know, for, for Patrick, he didn't have, it, it was kind of an, uh, unusual time. I think, uh, that the <clears throat> decision was made because of days in between and not having, you know, sometimes I think that GMs look for that window where, okay, we play, we play a home game and then we play another home game three days from now. And so game's over. The current coach gets called in. See ya. In the meantime, there's already been, you know, the consummation of, a, uh, you know, the new guy. I mean, that's happened. And so that guy's on a plane already and deal's done. And he's in there either that night or the next morning. And then he's got three days to you know, make some tweaks and things like that. So, but, you know, I, have said this and there was a, there's a, there's a phrase, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And a few years ago, I kind of rethought that. And you keep looking at uh, coaches that come into, regardless of what sport, what teams it are. I mean, you, you kind of start fresh and, and, and sometimes uh, there's a little bit more energy 
You don't have frustration possibly. Um, Let's take a guy like Ty Delandria. And I'm not, I'm just using that because he played his first game in what, seven or eight games. Yeah, good example though. So Ty comes in, new coach, and he, you know, he, he does what he does. And then that, that, that new guy standing behind the bench, like, well, why, why the hell was this guy sitting out for the last eight games? You know? And then maybe five games later you go, okay, now I know why that guy's sitting out. And I'm not talking about time, just using that for an example that you do get a second chance to make an impression on the new guy. So, and I think that carries right on through, uh, you know, there's guys that are on the power play that want to stay on the power play. There's guys that aren't on the power play or that may be on the second unit or sometimes get a little, you know, get, <sighs> you know, get a little dabble of it going, I deserve to be on the power play. So all of a sudden you get an opportunity and you're out there and you score a couple goals that night. And he goes to anybody that's left over on the coaching staff. Why isn't this guy in the power play? So you do get that bump. I, I think it's the coach bump. It's a new coach bump. And um, unfortunately, well, let's look at Edmonton, right? Knobloch comes in there. Yep. Uh, and I don't think that the guy was that, that was coaching, Deserved to be fired at that moment. Agreed. I think that it was just, you know, it, the team got off to a, I, I, you know, at the end of last season, their captain and best player in the game, Connor McDavid had reached out to all the players and said, listen, we're going to be there. We're not going to be there two weeks before training camp. We're going to be there five or six weeks before, and we're going to start getting ready. This is, you know, we, we've got a good team. He believes and and we can do this. We can do that. So they all come in, they go through the paces, you know, before coaching staff gets there. And I'm assuming from a coach's standpoint, this is great. <laughs> you know, I mean, like it's it's good that our guys, they have that competitive juices running early in, in August or whenever they get there. And then they get off to a shitty start. And, you know, they're probably going, oh, we're never letting them do this again. So short summer and things like that. But regardless, I, I, I think that you're always going to get that. But at the end of the day, the team is the team. And, you know, that I think if it I've always been a believer when a coach gets hired and that conversation is happening with a general manager and he's going through the the process of interviewing coaches and you there's there's always probably a question that's asked. And, you know, how, what game are you going to play? Are you going to play up tempo? Are you going to play defensive style, a little both? Are you you know, are you a trapping team? How do you play in your own zone? And if I were a guy getting interviewed, I would be saying, well, what do you plan on doing? What kind of players am I going to get? You know, are you going to make some moves here? Because you can have a system all you want, but in my opinion, the players actually dictate the system that you're able to play. So, you know, with the stars, use them for an example. I mean, they've got an up-tempo. They've got an offensive-minded group. They, They obviously can score goals. They can come back when they're down late in games because they they've done it and so they believe in that. Um, they're not a team that you know sits back and, and waits, and that's kind of what I, I think the Kings have kind of been known for. And I think that's what they started to do. They've got a system in the neutral zone where they they play this one three one and they sag back a little bit. They got a defenseman that's actually waiting in the defensive zone about the tops of the circles when you're carrying the puck through the neutral zone. So if they force you to dump you know, he's the first guy back and drew Doughty, one of the best in the league. He's the first guy back. He's a quarterback. He gets back. He grabs the puck, makes one pass. And they're out of the zone. Worked for them for a while, but now they're having to live on, you know, scoring a couple, a couple goals a game. So like I said, it, it, it'll, it, it all depends on, you know, who was it? I don't know, Belichick Parcells, or I don't know which one said it, but you know, if you want me to make the meal, I want to be able to buy the groceries. 
And, um, you know, and I agree with that, you know, from, from a coaching standpoint, you come in and, you know, you're the GM and you have an idea and you have a, a blueprint of how you want to play and the way you believe that you're going to win in this division, in this conference. Um, what is it? Because that may change my opinion on how I want to want to play the game. I, I don't know if you bring in a John Tortorella with, with a team that's got a bunch of skilled guys, you know, um, because he's the kind of guy that wants to grind it out and he's doing a great job in Philly. Those are the kind of players that they have and look at the noise that they're making. And, but they're a team that they play 60 minutes of hard hockey all over the ice. And it's not really let's tap dance in there and let's, you know, make an extra pass below the, the hash marks and go across the crease. We get pucks to the net and we crash the net and it's paying off for them. So, all right. Second part of the question, your relationship with Patrick Waugh over the years, you played in front of him and uh, what's your relationship. And if Patrick Waugh called and said, cause you do have familiarity with the Islanders organization. If they called and said, Craig, we know you're a coach down there. Uh, would you like to come up in a coaching role? What would your thoughts be? Well, I, it was funny, like uh, about uh, a week ago, um, and I highly doubt that this was related, but I had a message that I didn't return. <clears throat> and it said, have you heard the news? And what do you think? And I don't even know if it had anything to do with hockey. But the family member it has, you know, someone that's related to ownership and is, you know, hands on with the with with the owner uh, Scott Malkin and does a lot of stuff in, in his other companies for him and <clears throat> anyway then when the news came down I'm like huh maybe I should have returned that message a little earlier but um for as far as a I haven't seen Patrick in years um he you know he's a Quebec boy and so he's been he's been in his uh, home province and he's been coaching his junior teams and winning championships there yeah. um He's a fiery guy. He's a passionate guy. He does not like to lose, which we we all love. Um, I think it's an old school kind of mentality is you got to hate to lose. Uh, you've got to – everybody loves to win, but you got to hate to lose more. And, and those are the kind of players that you want on your team. Um, so I, I had heard. I didn't see it. I saw little things that he came out in his morning skate the first time he got on the ice, and it was a, it was a pace, and, and it was a hard – hard skate. And that's Patrick. There's a new sheriff in town and, and this is the way the ship is going to run. And, you know, he, he's demanding, um, he holds you accountable. Um, and it's something that, you know, the, the GM, Lou, he, he's done that before. Um, he's kind of known for bringing in, uh, people just before or a couple months before the season ends. Um, if you're in a playoffs, if you're, expected to be in the playoffs and you're not playing to your potential. And I, obviously he believes in that coach bump. Um, and he also believes in Montreal Canadians. <laughs> so, you know, if you go back to some of the GMs that Lou has hired in the, in the past and, you know, there's three or four that are somehow related or played for the Canadians. Um, so Patrick probably fits right into that. And, and the bottom line is, is Patrick's a general. And yeah. I, I think Lou likes those kind of guys and um, he is going to hold players to account accountability and he doesn't really care if you have a letter on or if you're the number 13 forward or the seventh defenseman, you're, it's my way or the highway. So is coaching in Craig Ludwig's future at a higher level? Oh, I don't know. I mean, if there was, you know, if there was anybody out there desperate enough to place a phone call, I would <laughs> definitely listen. That. Come on. Um, <clears throat> I, I, and it's it's really funny as we're talking about the Islanders because 
uh, it was two weeks ago. Uh, one of the people I'm talking about, I had sent a text message and I just got done watching a football game the night before. I, it was probably during the, the first round of the, you know, the playoffs football. I don't remember exactly when it was. I just, that all the text message said is, is that man, you guys, you guys need a defensive coordinator. And I said, I'm not talking about football either. It was just the way things were, you know, things were happening in their own end and the way they were playing through the neutral zone and things like that. So again, they, they've got the guy that's, you know, gonna, you know, gonna step in and, and I'll tell you one thing you'll find out with Patrick, at least as a player, he's got your back, you know, as long as, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to, he, he will, he will let other opponents, he will let other coaches know that he's your guy. So, um, and again, you know, all these hockey people know that, and it's just, <clears throat> I know there was a question, I think I heard it yesterday or the day before, whatever it was. And they were like, man, why, why did Patrick go? I mean, is it, did all the other coaches kind of bail or, or stay away from him because of, you know, when he got into Colorado and him yeah. and Boudreaux had a little glass pushing thing and all that kind of stuff. Tough ending. Like, is he, well, is he a loose cannon back there? And, and that's not what it is. He, he will let his players know that yes, he's the head coach, but he's one of you. He's a teammate and, and he'll, he'll have your back and and you do what, you know, what you're asked of and, and, and he will, he will right, be right there standing next to you. And so I, I just think that that's a philosophy that, that Lou has also. And, and he's kind of brought that along, whether he was in Jersey or Toronto or the Islanders or wherever he's been. So he seems to fit in. And, and I also think that when you have a guy like Patrick with a resume that he has, um, from playing uh, Stanley Cups, coaching in juniors. So, in other words, working with younger kids, coaching in the NHL. I would, I would have to say that there may have been a lot of, or not a lot, uh, some other teams that he decided to pass on. Yeah. And I think that maybe he, he found a team and an organization, you know, with a history similar to Montreal, possibly that he and, and a general manager, um, you know, and he may, he may have had that conversation with Lou listen, we're both like this. I just want to know, here's the kind of team I want. Here's the kind of players I want to play on this. So maybe that conversation conversation yeah. was, yeah, and it's come know. out there. There were a couple teams that had some interest um, based on his championship once again in juniors and based on some time had gone by and based on, I mean, Patrick was very candid about, Looking back, he did not like the way that he handled things uh, in Colorado on the way out, and he should have handled it better. But there were a few teams looking at him for uh, that "quote unquote" fire and that uh, and and that coach bump. And he's joining a team, Craig, that I think has some really good pieces. I mean, they're just outside of the playoff picture right now. A lot of season left, so um, you know if he, he can easily turn that. Th- well, not easily, but I mean, it's a little different than Martin uh, Martin Saint Louis taking over in Montreal, which is more of a project. Yeah, I mean, they're again, they they are a team that's uh, what they're going to do if they get in. Um, but then there's a lot of teams like that, right? I mean, it's it's but but the bottom line is you get in and you got a chance, and, and so you know, and again, I I just think that it ends up being at a time of the year you're you're close to you know the, the, that push at the playoffs and when that stuff is all going to start and all that kind of stuff. And um, like I said. Uh, Lou is a very calculated guy. And so, um, you know, they're I th- Detroit and Tampa, Jersey Islanders. I don't know. I'm not a, 
Uh, for some reason, I don't believe in the Capitals. I don't know why. Maybe it's because age. Maybe you know, the, the, yeah. Maybe that's that's probably what it is. But but there's those wild key, wild card teams. I think there's four or five of them that are separated by like two or three points. Yeah. So you have a chance. There's there's no question you have a chance. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know there the, the the numbers that I don't look at all. Every no, I don't look at all. I mean, I look at offensive numbers, obviously, in today's game, you have to, but but I end up somehow gravitating to the goal differential, and and that tells you a lot for me. And they've got a really good goalie there. And and, and when you're when you're in the red by quite a bit, and you know, you're in the minus 20 neighborhood, um, as far as goals for goals against differential you know, you've got, you got some issues from, you know, the red line back yeah. <clears throat> and it's not, and I don't believe it's goaltending. I, I just think they've got a real good goaltender and uh, well, they, we saw that the other night against Dallas. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, so they got a good goaltender. So there are some structure, structural things that I think Patrick's going to, you know, try to hold him accountable. I, I think what happened as, is when Trotz left, you know, and his assistant comes in, I think he wanted to kind of, change the way the game was played a little bit and try to play, you know, and I mean, trots when he came in there, you know, he was, he was taking, you know, that guy that take care of your own end and, you know, don't give up more than a couple goals a game and we're going to win the majority of our games. Or maybe now today's at three games, three goals. But anyway, he had those guys playing well in their end. They were, they were stingy. They were tough to score against, tough to get quality scoring chances you know, new coach comes in and has a different idea. And maybe, maybe some of that has to do with the fans once in a while that they want to see more goal scoring. They don't like the two to one, you know, three to two games. I don't know, whatever it was changed it and it didn't work. Yep. And, you know, you're bringing in a guy that goaltender, they don't like goals going in their own net. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you may, you may see the Islanders tighten up again. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Wanted to hit on this real quick because I was watching um, Bruins Habs the other night on uh, Saturday night, uh, watching the Stars, and then I tape a bunch of games, and Bruins Habs was one that I went through. And I I kind of wish they told Montreal just stay in the room until it's over, but they were celebrating the 1988 Bruins team because it's part of this 100-year celebration that they're doing. And I hadn't realized that they played you in the playoffs. You guys had beaten them 45 straight years as far as any kind of, you know, you guys just surpassed them in the playoffs until 1988 with that Bruins team. So do you remember that? Do you think I played for 45 years? No, That's I'm just saying. I remember the 19. <laughs> played in the 40s. Played, Is that what you're trying to say? You played 17, but <laughs> God, you make these questions so difficult sometimes. But specifically, 19. Well, they're dumb questions. I'm no, not they're not. How difficult. is that a dumb? That is great research by me. Going back to 1988, a historic where did you, time. Where did in you the, read that? Where did you read that? Where did you see it? Because you didn't research it. I was watching the game, and they were okay. they were celebrating the 1988 Bruins team that had Cam Neely, Rick Middleton, Randy Burridge, Don, uh, not Don Sweeney, Bob Sweeney, uh, Jay Miller, uh, Lyndon Byers, 
Unfortunately, I had to play against all them guys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you, did you guys, and we don't have to talk about it at length, but I, you know, a 45-year playoff drought against a team is broken, especially in a historic rivalry season, uh, rivalry series like Boston-Montreal. Did you guys know about that back at back then that you had dominated them over the years? Oh, yeah. It, it hangs there. I mean, you know, and again, they're original six teams, right? And so they they were th- – those those numbers go back a long time. And, and you know, Montreal obviously had incredible teams at the time, you know, back in those days. And there was only, you know, a small number of teams. And so uh, – but, yeah, you know it. And, and you do feel a little bit of pressure, I guess. I mean, you don't want it to end. You don't want to be on the team that that streak ends on. Um, so, but, but it's not like you're going into a playoff series and going, oh my gosh, we don't want to be the people that are the team that, you know, ends this streak. So that, that doesn't happen. There was no talk about it. You know, if, if, I mean, if you knew about it, it was cause you read it or heard it, or, you know, somebody talked about it in the bar or something like that. <clears throat> but, you know, as far as the guys sitting on the bench, I can understand the argument on both sides. I think that, I think this is a, one organization for the respect of another organization and to be out there and, you know, to be part of that shows respect from management to management, teammate, team, team members, to other team members. And then when it's over, it's over. But do you, and when you're the younger guys, I don't know. I don't know if they look at it the same way. They're probably saying, what the hell are we doing here? I can be yeah. back here playing my video game, you know, for the next 15 minutes before I got to go on the ice. So, um, <laughs> or whatever they do. And I, um, you know what I give for what it's worth, that game on Saturday night was very much like an old school Boston Montreal game. And that's kind of faded over the years. Yeah, but they're, they're still, you know, when you're playing those teams, you, when you're a Montreal Canadian, you play the Bruins and you play Toronto, regardless of the age, you feel it and you can sense it. And, you know, there's enough hype going into it and reporters will always bring it up, you know, a couple of days before the game, you're playing the Bruins, you're playing Toronto and, you know, all this stuff and young guys, well, do you know about the history? And if you don't know, you're going to get a lesson on it. So uh, the reporters that have been around for a long time um, from those, you know, two or three organizations are just as passionate about the records as the players are. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, I won't ask the question since you say I ask dumb questions. I'll just say Corey Perry. <laughs> um, like it. I mean, I do too. Nobody. It, well, yes, there are people that know what happened, but as for the most part, we don't know what happened, what really happened, what was done, what was said or whatever. Um, You know, this is a play for a guy that has competitive edge tattooed on his ass and, and he does not know how to take a shift off and he drags people into the fight. He will get into the nose of the, the uglier players on the team. He'll get into the nose of the good players on the team he doesn't he doesn't know if it's a home game or a road game. All of those things are why you want this guy on your team. And you know, in whether he's going to play 8 minutes a game or he's going to play 22 minutes a game, he will play the same minutes the same way. And this is kind of and I would expect if I'm going in, if I'm you know, Kenny, I don't even know Kenny Holland's got any more power there anymore, but but um 
if I'm management and I'm looking at the option of dragging or finding a way to get a player like that in here, I would be going, this is a no brainer. Um, he is going to, he, I would say he's got to be uh, a concern. Well, I don't know now, but he had to be considered as a hall of famer at some point, you know, like gray area, maybe yeah. um, goal scored Stanley cup. Uh, I think he won player MVP one year, possibly maybe he won the scoring lead. He may have won the goal thing. So all the things that they look for, and then maybe you get a blemish like this. I don't know if that'll have anything to do with it because we don't know what it really was, but you know, you play 20 plus years and you know, yeah, your speed probably isn't the same, but all the other intangibles are there. And, and I think that's, that's a quality that you want for a team that is, you know, scratching on the door of getting to the final four, possibly. Now there's always that risk of what have they won now? 13, 14, 15 games in a row or something. There is that, you know, do we want to insert them into the lineup when we're still on this role? Yeah. You know, is there that one thing, but again, I think he's a smart enough, hockey intelligent player that he he understands what they're doing right now the, the what they're doing their goaltenders on a roll the team's on a roll uh, you know their, their two top players are back on track and I, I don't think he would want to go in there and take a dumb penalty spear somebody throw a stick in the stands uh to, to you know to to put any kind of wrench into what they're doing right now you i, I would think that He's the kind of guy, he just wants to blend in right now. He wants to blend in, do what they're doing. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't, don't ruffle any feathers in the wrong way. Um, somebody gets, you know, Connor gets, you know, chopped over the wrist or something like that. You know, you're there mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're not necessarily taking a, a dumb one, but you're there. And so I would expect that that's probably what they're looking for. And I'm sure with him getting the, the green light by going in and talking to the commissioner and telling his side of the story, getting reinstated the green light to get back and play. I would think he'll be on his best behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can't play that long in the league without being a decent room guy. And the other thing is Craig teams. He's, he is on tend to go to the Stanley cup. Not saying they win it. Yeah, unfortunately, but, they don't win it. Yeah, but they go to it. But they yeah, go to it, no, right? <laughs> that's for sure. You know who 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 was the God? It wasn't Hosa. Who was who was was it Hosa? Was it Marion Hosa that was chest? He went to Pittsburgh and he went to Chicago. Yeah. He went to Detroit. Was that Marion Hosa? Yeah. Till he find yeah, <laughs> and it seemed like every and it was kind of like with Perry, the teams that he went to in the finals with they never won, and then when he left, somebody won. I don't remember who it was, but. Right, you know, not like he doesn't have a ring. You yeah, know, he's won a Stanley Cup. I back mean, pa- in Patrick Anaheim, Maroon so. has the, kind of had that too. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They're I mean, kind of similar players. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, that's exactly. not that's not fair to Perry. They're they're similar and they understand their roles. Right. Or, you know, when they're on their team, I love those guys. Right. I think every team needs those kind of guys that maybe analytics won't show how important they are to the team. You know, in different ways, and they always seem to come up huge in the playoffs. Those third, fourth line guys always. You know, there's always a story when you get toward the cup finals of that third and fourth line and what they're doing. So so that leads me to with Corey Perry and Edmonton making the first initial move. Where does Craig Ludwig think the stars should go as far as improving this current roster? 
I don't know if you're going to, to me, I think if you're going to, any ads would just be depth. I, I think if you're Jim Nil, you've got to be fairly happy the way that this team has played all year long. I mean, you're not, I don't know how you're going to tinker with your top three lines. I don't think you're going to, you're not going to have, <clears throat> sorry, I don't even know if you, what the, you, you don't have any cap space, but, but so if you're going to try to make any moves, it's got to be dollar in dollar out kind of thing. And, you know, can you get an upgraded defenseman? I would think right now you're looking for depth. I mean, I don't know where Miro is on, on his comeback and when he's going to be back. Um, unless, unless you heard something this morning that he's playing tonight, but I haven't looked at anything. So um, are you concerned about, you know, a, a, a depth? And you, listen, if you're going to make a long run in the playoffs, you typically you're going to go through seven, eight, sometimes nine defensemen. So, you, you know, it, maybe you look in that area uh, for some depth, but are you, are you going to tinker with your, your top three so-called lines? I don't see why you would. I mean, they're Dallas is in the top five in a lot of categories. As you look through the NHL stats, <clears throat> you know, from goals for and goals against and penalty killing. I think the only one that, that is surprising is they're not in the top five in the power play where that's kind of been their bread and butter for the last couple of years. So, and that is probably going to come around, but, but otherwise, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and I just think that there, I, it, it appears to be that there's a tight group there. Um, the chemistry is good. The leadership group is good. Um, I don't know where, what you would do. Uh, like I said, unless you're going to add some protection for some depth or, you know, something like that. Okay. Let me play. Let me play Jim Nil. I would pick up a physical defenseman because yeah, but he's going to be a number six or number seven because you're not getting a number three or four. Yeah, well, unless you give up the farm, give up who the farm? I mean, unless you give up yeah, draft picks or you think that's you know? in Jim Nils' DNA? No, I I don't necessarily <clears throat> do, but I just wonder with this current defense core, can this team win a cup? No, I, th- that's the only question mark. Yeah. I mean, uh, my, my pet peeve is, you know, they're in zone play at times. But some of that is the system. And I, I've beaten that to death. So I, I don't know how you're going to find a number five or number six out there that you're not going to, I mean, for a third round pick maybe, possibly, but then he's going to be an older guy. You ain't getting a young yeah. guy. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to get some age and you're going to get, uh, you know, and again, you're going to have to look at the bottom teams because, you know, obviously, I mean, that guy is just as valuable to the top eight teams on each side because they're, you know, again, is, is anything going to change here in, in the West? Are the top eight teams pretty much the top eight teams? Like, I, mm, good question. I'm just wondering who, who, who is not going to make the play? Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas, they're making it, right? Yeah. Vancouver's making it. Yep. Vegas is making it. Yep. Right now, Edmonton could finish. <laughs> Jesus, they could finish in second <laughs> over there. You know? Yeah. I mean, they could. They, they're, they've got, um, I don't know, they're five or six points behind. They got some games in hand. They're on a roll. Maybe LA can creep back and get their game together. I yep. don't know. Nashville? Nashville's hanging what are around. They <clears throat> yeah, there. I mean, there's teams hanging around. Well, I, I guess Arizona and Calgary—they're all hanging around. Maybe yeah. Calgary with their goaltenders got the best chance. Who knows? I'm just saying that. I don't know. Uh, what are you getting now? That being said, with Calgary, they lose a few games. Let's just say they lose a few games here, and they get to the point where they're not 
looked uh, looking pretty good, right? And and the the light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming, and so that's not a good thing. They've got some guys. They've got some older guys on that team. That there's some contract issues going on there. There's uh, some contracts that if you don't like what the future looks like, you may be wanting to say. I'd like you to, I'd like to move this guy. What will you take for him? You're going to pick up the good news is depending on the term that he has left. And if you find someone that's only got a year, maybe, maybe he's done this year. Maybe he's got a year left. Um, you know, you, you get a, a deal on that kind of a guy, but Calgary could be one of those kind of teams that, you know, you might be able to finagle something. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I think that team is going to be in a, yeah, they're going to be looking to, to kind of get, get things turned around and start heading in a, in, in a different direction. I, so I think, um, I think the name that you were thinking of is Chris, Chris Tannen Tannen. of Calgary. Oh yeah. hundred yeah, percent. But I will tell you this, there will be five or six other teams yep. on this side and on the other side that would want that player. Yeah. But I <clears> think so, he's what this defensive core core needs. I I mean, listen, I thought it worked out okay, but when the Stars a few years ago picked up uh, Chris Russell, the defenseman that was leading the league in block shots, I actually thought that was a really good move. That was a little bit, it wasn't the biggest defenseman, but I mean, got in front of the puck. I I really liked his kind of grit. I love Tanif's uh, grit. You'd have to give up a haul, Craig, but let's see what Ottawa thinks of uh, Jacob Chikrin. I don't know if you'd have to give up a haul. I'm saying, again, like I said, what's the what you know what direction is is that organization thinking that they're going if they don't make the playoffs Tanev has got to be i don't 33 34 35 yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood he's got to be yeah 34 30. <clears throat> okay so so he's and i don't know what his contract he's is a but he's UFA probably got a year after or two. this year he's what he's a ufa after this year okay so there there is something now is jim ready would would jim give up a, a second rounder for him I don't oh, know. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know the draft that's coming up. You know, is is it a, I, what I've heard? It seemed to me I heard it over the juniors is that, you know, the next draft is going to be a barn burner or anything like that. But, yeah. But would you give up a second rounder for Tanner? I, I, I think a team will give up a first for him. I really do. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if Jim Nill's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the future is bright. I mean, there there's some great prospects down in Texas and. You know, um, they look NHL ready. So, I mean, the future is bright. I'm just saying for the current team, uh, I just have to creatively figure out, you know, and and maybe it is, maybe they strike lightning in a bottle twice, Craig, where last year we saw Thomas Harley come up and really be effective in the playoffs. And we've seen that throughout this year as well. Maybe that's the now, case with a young prospect like Liam Bixel, who's a big uh, physical defenseman. Yeah, but but the other side of the coin is you're going to be taking Lundqvist out of the lineup. Yes. Do you want to do that to him with the progress that he seems to have made this year? Uh, I mean, personally, no. I want to take I want to take uh, I want to take Hockenpah out of the lineup. But there's my penalty kill right there too. So, well, know. and Tanev could do that, but yeah, yeah up this year. Yes. His contract over this year? Yes. <clears throat> well, um, yeah. I I don't interesting. know. Interesting. Well, it's it's you interesting. Know what? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Hawk and Pa, but I think I'd I if they I don't think they're gonna make that's not gonna be an even swap. 
there, there's no way that's going to be an, 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 no. an even swap. No. So you're going to have to take, you know, maybe they want to, you know, trade for Hawk and Pa. And then, you know, you're going to have to give up something else. Yeah, too. Calgary, Whatever. I'm sure, wants draft currency. Um, yeah. That's what that's what teams want. They, they You know what? It seems as though teams don't even want prospects anymore. They just want, give me the draft pick, and let's pick the guy that fits our style best. Well, that's than, that's yeah. changed a few years ago, and, and yeah. there you go. And yeah. So at least you're... At least what you've got is you've got a general manager has a concept of the type of player that he wants because he believes in today's game, this is going to give us the best chance to win in five years from now or four yeah. years from now. We want these kind of players. If people want to watch Craig Ludwig this weekend, what rink should they go to? Uh, well, this weekend we're playing. Um, I thought you were in Dallas this weekend. No, we are. We're, we are in Dallas, but our U18 team is playing in Plano. There's oh, okay. a there's a USHL showcase I think they call it. So we're playing a couple games on Friday, a couple games on uh, Saturday, and then uh, depending on how you sit, you you know we'll play one or two games on on Sunday. But I think we're playing in McKinney and Plano. Nice. But I I don't know. I heard Plano. <clears throat> but we're we're our, our alumni team is actually playing um, SMU coming yes. up here on February third. Man, I don't know. It's a Saturday. I think it's the third. And then will we're you play be in the, that game? Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We'll so that one, and you, then we. So you're playing yeah. youngsters. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You should you drop know, the mitts. You should. I play drop two nights mitts. a week against youngsters. Okay. I mean, they're in their 30s, for God's sakes. So, but but and then we're we're also playing the Edmonton Oilers coming up in uh, February. Uh, another Saturday. The the Stars have an afternoon game. Uh, like the 26th, 27th, I don't know, something like that. One of those days is an afternoon game, a two o'clock game. And so uh, our Dallas Stars alumni will be playing the Edmonton Oilers alumni right after the Stars game is over with. That's sweet. Which is always kind of funny to watch because, uh, you know, the fans are hanging around and we basically they do the ice. As soon as the game's over, we step on the ice and start warming up. And they're like, all of a sudden you see, you know, all the people in the lower bowl, they kind of sit down. Like oh shit, let's, what's going on here? Well, let's watch these guys. <laughs> About six seven <laughs> minutes later, you look around, they're gone. <laughs> they're like, wow, this is like watching paint dry out there. So, um, okay, anyway, so that that Stars and, SMU you know, game is going to start. It's on Saturday, February third. That's the SMU game. Yeah, SMU yeah. game. Seven thirty p.m. tilt. Uh, at the till sh- about four a.m. Four a.m. <laughs> I'm going to hang around and bury some college kids. Children's Health Stars Center uh, in Farmers, Farmers Branch. Yeah, yeah, we're in Farmers. That's our that's our that's our alumni rink, and yeah. we've got a nice nice little setup there with the bar and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, in our tickets room, are so. as low as ten dollars. Um, <laughs> Craig, if I go to this, will you hang out with me after the game? We could always use a pinata in there <laughs> after the game. Can you imagine? I buy, I buy a ticket. Will, I'm sitting I in the stands. Pick you up. I'll personally pick you up and set you down on top of the bar <laughs> on the end there, and we will find things to do. I just picture me in the stands and be like, Luds, Luds, and you're like, nope. <laughs> and you just keep walking. <laughs> I'll just yell security and you'll be gone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So that should be a a, a fun tilt, and uh, we appreciate your time as always. See, this was a fun conversation. I love how oh, you, yeah. like, totally know, like, what I was going to ask you about. That was uh, That was good, man.
That was uh that that was good. So you're you're saying that it was premeditated. <laughs> I'm saying I can't stump Craig Ludwig. <clears throat> oh yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm 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 a little distracted right now. I'm sitting here and I have a Green Bay Packer hat hanging on my little light thing at the little desk I'm sitting at. So man, you know what? Tough loss. Futures bright. Tough loss for who? Green Bay. Oh, 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 you mean the Packer loss? I thought you were talking about your boys. No, well, that was, yeah, that's a, yeah, go Rangers, spring training starts in uh, just about oh, a month, Oh, boy, Craig. did you want to get off that topic quick. <laughs> sure did, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go go Stars uh, tonight against uh, Detroit and then home uh, against a uh, very talented but young Anaheim team. That's a fun ticket to have on Thursday. And then the Caps come to town uh for an afternoon matinee who's in who's in net tonight for the dallas stars well that's a good question i gotta believe you've been scouring your x or whatever they're all called your websites or your social media platforms trying to figure out if i'm uh, still trying to figure out why wedgie played back to back oh ottinger was sick okay so maybe there was he needed a little extra rest then yeah well i mean no i think he was legit I think he was legit sick. Oh, Ottinger was sick too. I didn't. Yeah, I that's didn't what, hear. yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think we had a game that night, and I was just uh, surprised that that uh, he wasn't in the lineup or he wasn't playing. I mean, <clears throat> they have so. not posted anything from morning skate yet, so do not know who was first off the ice. But uh, TBD, TBD. But I thought Wedgie played pretty well. Those you know, a couple. He's games. been good all year. He really you know, has. You know what? For for the the a backup goaltender, whatever you want to call him, one A one B. I think he's been really good. I mean, I think he's been. I believe that they're pleasantly surprised with with the Wedgwood. Uh, yep. You know, guy in the, in this back in backing up Otter. So I, I can see uh, after this season a team coming along and say, "You make a million with the Stars, we'll give you a million five or a million seven five to be our backup." Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't. I have no idea, you know, and again, maybe he's, maybe he's in the driver's seat, you know, maybe he's got, there's some other teams that aren't happy with their goaltending. They see what the, what he's done with the Dallas stars. And and again, this isn't like playing in front of an airtight, you know, system in his own end. Yeah. There, there, there are some things that happen in front of him that he has to make some, some saves that I necessarily don't think he should have to make Yes, um, because of, you know, where they're coming from and how they get there. So, Um, I think he's, I think he's, I think there's going to be jams that have taken note. Would Edmonton like what, you know, would they, would they look at him now? Now, I guess, you know, they got a goalie that's on fire right now, yep. but would, you know, would they be paying and say, listen, I think we found our number one. You want to be back up over here and we'll give you, you know, whatever they're giving you, we'll give you this much extra, but be interesting to see. I, I honestly does he have a contract going into next year. Did he, he sign a no, two-year he's, deal? Or he's what? a UFA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm Ken Holland in Edmonton, Craig, I look down at Anaheim and say, how much for Gibson? That's just me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that could be the difference maker. You know, a veteran yeah. NHL goalie that puts up uh, uh, good numbers. Oh, before I forget, I wanted to ask you because, oh. uh, no, just take a second. A lot of Spits and Suds listeners asked me this, and I said, well, I should ask the pro. Back in the day, you were in front of the net, and you could, you know, there were different methods that you could clear space. I feel like game after game, we see a rebound being tapped in from the opposition and the Stars losing their man in front of the net. Are, 
when you watch the stars, is there anything they can do to change that? Because I just feel Get like it's a repetitive. Up off the ice. Get the sticks up off the ice. Okay. Now, <clears throat> so I hate it when when defensemen put their sticks over the top of the offensive player stick, get it up off the ice pretty hard. You can't kick it in the net. And so that, but again, position now <clears throat> easy. I can go off that rant. I'm not going to, it's difficult to, to get your defensive position at times because you're following your guy around and I, I don't like it. I'm, I, I hate it when I see forwards covering the front of the net and defensemen out of the top of the circles, chasing a forward that's going the other way. Don't like it. So now you're chasing back to your own net, which the phrase always used to be, if a defenseman's chasing back to his own net, something's wrong because you lost your position. So now that's changed. I mean, you know, the game has changed and there's a little more, you know, skating and uh, movement and things like that. But I like guys being where they're supposed to be, you know, and they, they've been playing since they were four years old as defensemen and learning how to play in front of the net. And the wingers have been playing since they were four years old, trying to, you know, play at the top of the circles and the hash marks and get pucks out of the zone and receive and make a pass there on the wall. And now they're in front covering people. So that's just the way it is. But again, (laughs) you're, you're, you're rolling along here. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. We were having such a good laughter filled podcast. And then I threw that in you. Sorry. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you're they, just like the weather out here. You're no, just like the re- weather. Come on, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a sunny and day, shitty and drizzly and little chilly, damp. All adjectives that describe Gavin Spittle. Man, I'm like that third line <laughs> agitator with Craig Ludwig. You know, I can score some goals. My plus minus is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's how I kind of think of myself. Yeah, there you are, living in your birdcage. (laughs) And we end on a high note, and that's going to do it for Spits and Suds. Thanks one and all for uh, listening to Spits and Suds as Craig took us around the NHL, gave us some great stars, in-depth information. So for Craig Ludwig, the two-time Stanley Cup winner, I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone.